It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Three former Michigan secretaries of state joining forces to sound the alarm about what they say are the dangers of Proposal 2, a constitutional amendment to put key voting rights directly in the Michigan Constitution. Like our right to vote, Proposal 2 helps ensure the military members overseas have their votes counted. Candace Miller, Ruth Johnson, and Terry Lynn Land all served as the state's chief election official. And they say it's crucial that they inform Michigan voters about what Prop 2 ads do not. The TV commercials are the most deceptive I've ever seen. They've spent a lot of money telling us that it is going to put ID in our Constitution, but what they forget to tell you is there's a little or or not. The trio makes it clear that this goes against what Michiganders support. 79.7% of the people in Michigan absolutely want to have photo ID. But these politicians say there are more red flags surrounding Prop 2. Well, it puts into the Constitution that when you sign one time to get an AV, an absentee ballot, you never have to ask for it again. It will be uh, mailed to you forever. Well, if you move or if you die, it's still going to be mailed to you. These politicians say that opens the door for people to commit a voter fraud. This is nothing about partisanship. This should be about integrity in our elections. Johnson, Miller, and Lan, who was unavailable for Tuesday's interview, say supporting Prop 2 also opens the door for outsiders to influence Michigan elections. It allows for third-party, independent operators, whoever they are, special interest groups, to finance our local elections. Talk about a recipe for fraud. That should never happen in Michigan. But not everyone agrees with these former secretaries of state, and they want your support for Prop 2. Proposal 2 will make voting more secure and more accessible for Michiganders of all backgrounds. Proposal 2 requires local clerks to verify the identity of an absentee voter twice. First, on the application for an absentee ballot or to join the mail voter list, and second, on each and every absentee ballot. But these former secretaries of state say these ads are commercials, and voters should be concerned about what Prop 2 is trying to get them to believe. When you have all three of us come together to say this is wrong, that's saying something. In Macomb County, Ingrid Kelly, Fox 2. All right, that's Fox 2 in Detroit. Fascinating, given what we're going to talk about this morning. That's happening in Michigan. Of course, the Secretary of State of Michigan is in charge of the elections and also the, you know, voter uh, driver's licenses and all of that. So it's a huge position. It's currently uh, being, uh, you know, Jocelyn Benson is the current Secretary of State. We told you yesterday that she's the one who's uh, actually defying a court order 
to remove thousands of dead voters from the rolls. She says she doesn't have time to do that before the election. Uh, the judge also told her that she the rules that she rewrote for election workers had to be reversed because they do not comply with what's been the ordinary. She says she doesn't have time to do that either. That's Jocelyn Benson, the current sitting Secretary of State. Well, this morning, her opponent, Christina Caramo, uh, joins us. Christina, we've interviewed her before, and it's just, let me give you a few words. It's interesting because um, she she uh, introduces herself very modestly as a, as a mother of two and a proud Christian patriot and uh, from Oak Park, Michigan, which she is, but she's very active in Republican uh, politics. I'm not going to list all of that, but let me tell you what Christina, how she's equipped herself. She has a BA in communications from Oakland University in Rochester, Michigan. She has a master's in Christian apologetics from Biola. Uh, she also serves uh, at, as a professor at Wayne County Community College. Uh, she is an alumnus. This really caught my eye because Discovery Institute is incredible. I haven't talked much to you about it, but it is one of my favorite. I used to work with them constantly and just haven't gotten around to it, but she's an alumnus of the Discovery Institute's C.S. Lewis Fellows Program on Science and Society. And Christina is knocking it out of the ballpark on the campaign trail. I know this firsthand. And she joins us this morning. Christina, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sandy, so much for having me on. You're very welcome. And so tell us in your, I mean, how is the, from your perspective, What's, what are you sensing among Michiganders in this race? Uh, what are the things you're talking about that really resonate with the people who live in Michigan? We're talking about voters' rights. And, you know, what's really interesting is a lot of these organizations who call themselves voters' rights groups are very dishonest and very deceptive. Because when you, like this segment before, when I talked regarding Proposal 2, that proposal is going to absolutely attack our voting rights. It opens the door for bribery in our elections. It's going to have nine days of pre-processing of in-person votes, which is going to create a scenario where it's going to be so expensive and so hard for our clerks to operate the elections. And the reality is that irrespective of party, when I talk to people, people have lots of concerns about our elections. So many citizens across Michigan have so many anecdotal accounts of problems they have had that, you know, even talking to clerks, you know, one of the biggest concerns from clerks is being the, the qualified voter file, which is the voter registration database. And if you think about this push, to have absentee ballots just go out automatically. And our current Secretary of State won't even manage the qualified voter file, which is the voter registration database. What type of disaster will that be creating? And so the problem with my opponent is she creates more suspicion than answers. And and she's just doing a horrific job at managing the department. And so when I talk to whether it's everyday people or clerks, there's lots of issues regarding our election system that she's not resolving. Her response when people come forward with their concerns is to demonize them and call them threats to democracy. So this this is one of the reasons she needs to be replaced. And oftentimes, just simply explaining things. So with having a background in education, it's in my nature to want to teach people things. And so as we go across the state and I begin to explain aspects of the election system and explain why they need to be changed, it really resonates with people irrespective of party. We have a lot of Democrats supporting us as well as Republicans. Christina, um, I mentioned specifics about Jocelyn that I knew uh, because it was in the news yesterday. I believe that's when I reported that about her refusal to follow this court order, claiming she doesn't have time to clean up the voter rolls. But uh, can you be more explicit about her part in the 2020 election in Michigan? Well, yeah, one of the problems was that she um, told clerks to assume signatures were valid rather than not. 
and a judge ruled that she broke the law. What's really interesting about that, there's a video of Jocelyn Benson claiming that signature verification is a better way to establish identity over picture ID. Now, we all know that's completely absurd. And her point was that picture ID, you can easily get an illegal ID, but it's harder to to um, sign a false signature, which is just really nonsense, just how deceptive and dishonest she is. But the thing about it is, if she actually believed that signature verification was a better way of establishing identity over picture ID, why would she weaken the signature verification process? In conjunction with that, she mailed out thousands of absentee ballot applications unsolicited, in addition to individuals that Senator Ruth Johnson, before leaving office, over one million people she purged from the voter rolls, Jocelyn Benson mailed those individuals as well uh, absentee ballot applications. So no. that just opens the door for fraud. She lied and claimed that the TCF Center, and I know as a Christian, that's a strong phrase, but my opponent lies frequently. It's, it's, it's the truth. She lied, claiming that there were people at the TCF Center where I was there for 37 hours. She lied, and I was there when the cardboard boxes went up. She lied, claimed, claiming, and there's an audio recording of her telling this lie, that they were smashing windows. She lied and said there were armed protesters in front of her home. And now when we look at the 2022 election, she claims now that there will probably be violence and disruption on Election Day without any type of police report, any type of substantiating evidence. When I'm Secretary of State, if there were individuals threatening our election workers, I wouldn't be going to the media. I would be going to the police and ensuring that there are police reports filed. So it was just so much deception and dishonesty with my opponent. I, 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 we actually have a series called Benson's Dirty Deeds. I saw so that. <laughs> yes, we have episodes detailing all of her either illegal or unethical actions and what I would do instead. And, and this is why I'm running for Secretary of State. We cannot have a dishonest individual operating our elections, which are the heartbeat of our liberty. You know, um, the, the scary thing about this is that Jocelyn... Benson is still in charge. She's she's running for Secretary of State again, and yet she's the acting Secretary of State over her own election. That I, I can't believe that that's uh, allowable. Have you guys tried to stop that? That she should step aside and you know worry about driver's licenses during this and not the election. You know, to your point, it's, it is extremely shady because in Michigan, I can't be an election worker. I can't be an election worker or a poll challenger because I'm on the ballot. But she can run the very election that she's, that she's on the ballot for. So there needs to be some type of oversight. There has to be some kind of oversight because who is she? I mean, I understand a lot of people will say, well, that's her job. Yeah, but if I can't be involved in running the election because I'm on the ballot, how can she actually run the election when she's on the ballot? Well, she can't. She should yeah, have a surrogate. Also, there's no there's no way that that should be allowed to happen. Uh, finish your sentence, and then yeah. we're going to run out of time. I have a couple of other things I want to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. But, uh, okay, so, uh, Christina, uh, I want to say something. Uh, so uh, you may or may not know this, but um, I got a call last night from Ken Blackwell, who's a good friend, and he's uh, one of the I, think the, I think his title is vice president, one of them of, of uh, Family Research Council. And he told me that FRC, Family Research Council, Council Action, is officially endorsing you for this race. And as far as I know, this is the first public announcement of it. We've gotten permission to say that. And I just wanted people to know that, that Family Research Council Action is endorsing Christina Karamo for this position as Secretary of State. So you have other endorsements too, right, Christina? 
Yeah, thank you so much for you guys' support from the Family Research Council. I appreciate that, considering all the great work you do. Yes, we have the endorsement of Ken Blackwell, a former Secretary of State of Ohio, and we have President Trump's endorsement as well. So we have uh, the support of a lot of great people who are really working hard for the country above themselves. And that's the separates what we're up to. Is This is not some secret agenda or some nefarious plot like my opponent is involved in, and that's another story in itself, because she's actually involved in the Secretary of State project. Well, these individuals believe if they could control battleground state election systems, they could control America. That's why the Secretary of State's race and battleground states have become so contentious, because now you have all of these out-of-state actors involved in the Michigan SOS race. For example, my opponent, her top 50 donors, 70% of them are from out of Michigan. Well, so my opponent, my opponent is not even from Michigan. So these right. individuals have this plan, and so yep. we are combating that. That's why it's so nationally focused. Christina, how can how can people help you? Well, yeah, there's a lot of people listening are, in Michigan, and there's a lot of people out yeah. of Michigan. So what can both sets do? Yeah, folks in Michigan, of course, get out and vote. Make sure you're connected with our campaign. Make sure you get you reach out to your county party and get a yard sign. Put it out front. If you have a, a business where it's a busy road, put a sign out in front of your business. And, of course, anyone from any part of America could always contribute. This is a matter of national survival. We have to have secure elections. This is not about Republican versus Democrat. This is about freedom versus tyranny. So financial support is huge. So we would greatly appreciate it. So let me just say that the polls are showing all the races, well, as far as I know, most of the races in Michigan tightening, the Republicans moving up. Democrat, you know, uh, Michigan's not a conservative state, it's a blue state, uh, but even Whitmer is in trouble. She's, uh, Tudor Dixon has uh, come up with, it's a dead heat statistically, and um, I, Christina, I'm assuming that you you are coming up in the polls too. Do you have any way of knowing that in the few minutes we have left here, seconds? You know, I don't know. Uh, the Trafalgar poll had me within five points, but you're absolutely correct. There was a debate last night between uh, Tudor and Whitmer, and Tudor just totally did a fantastic job. Yeah. Whitmer displayed that she's a but, dishonest and important okay. character, and all three of them are. And we're noticing that we will be climbing the polls and win November 8th. Yes, and let me just say that Christina, of course, as a Secretary of State candidate, doesn't have the exposure of a governor, uh, a gubernatorial nominee, because they have the debates and all of that. So I'll just keep that in mind. Christina Caramo. Uh, for Secretary of State in Michigan. And if you're inclined to help her, then you should do that. Christine, ah, Christina Caramo, and you can find her online at her website, her campaign site, and that's the place to go. Okay, Christina, thanks for your valuable time this morning. I know you're very busy, so thank you for giving us this time. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Hello, this is Edward Graham, and I've got a great idea for you this Christmas. Through Operation Christmas Child, you can share hope with a child in need. Fill a shoebox with toys, school supplies, and hygiene items. Add your picture and an encouraging note. We'll deliver your shoebox gift to a child alongside the greatest gift of all, the good news of Jesus Christ. This year, Operation Christmas Child will hand out a 200 millionth shoebox gift. So join us this Christmas. Thank you very much. 
My name is Isabella and I received my Operation Christmas Child shoebox shortly after the fall of the communist regime in Romania. During this difficult time in my life, this shoebox was a splash of color in my black and white world. You can make a difference in the life of a child by packing a shoebox through Operation Christmas Child. To learn more or to pack a shoebox gift online, visit SamaritanSpurs.org slash OCC. That's SamaritanSpurs.org slash OCC. Hey, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. Do you know for the last two years, Southwest Louisiana has faced multiple storms, including Hurricanes Laura, Delta, and Zeta. 8 Days of Hope sent our rapid response teams to help in these areas after Hurricane Laura hit Lake Charles and again after the flooding in 2021. Well, today we're excited to announce that our 18th rebuilding trip will take place in Lake Charles from December 3rd through December 10th. Thousands of volunteers will gather from around the country to love and serve this community by helping them repair their homes that were affected by these disasters. We're going to focus on roofing and drywall, painting, electrical work, flooring, and so much more. We can't wait to see what God is going to do. So there's a couple ways you can help with this mission. First, pray. Pray that God will speak through our actions to each family and make himself known. Second, consider volunteering. It's free, and we provide the food and the lodging. Hey, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com, read the FAQs, and you can volunteer right there. Again, that's 8daysofhope.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. They were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Conservatives across the nation are being targeted because of their political beliefs. In Germantown, Tennessee, the spouse of a conservative running for school board was attacked at a polling location. He was not injured. In Rome, Georgia, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene was the victim of another swatting, the sixth time someone phoned in fake threats to 911. And in Hialeah, Florida, a Marco Rubio volunteer was nearly beaten to death by four men. The volunteer suffered massive facial injuries, internal bleeding, and a broken jaw not to mention the dozens of churches and crisis pregnancy centers that have been firebombed and vandalized. There's only one political party that's responsible for the hate and the violence, and it is the Democrats. That is a very well-documented fact. President Biden unleashed this evil, and he needs to tell his fellow Democrats to stand down. Be sure to read my book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. It's available at ToddSterns.com. 
Hi, this is Sandy Rios wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Well, I know it's too soon, but it is not too soon to start making a Merry Christmas for children all across the globe through Operation Christmas Child. Each year, we help Samaritans first with this And each year, children around the world hear about Jesus in these boxes. And this is how you do it. You go buy a shoebox or get a shoebox out of your closet. And you buy little cute toys like a ball or a doll uh, to put on top of the box. And then you put clothing underneath it. Uh, That's all it takes. And you fasten that box up and you take it to a drop-off location. There are 4,500 of them. And if you want to know where those are, you can go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to learn more and to find a drop-off location near you. This is a great way to celebrate Christmas on this end and celebrate Christmas on that end too. Maybe a first Christmas for the children that receive these boxes. Just go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to learn more and to find a drop-off location near you. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. During the four-day trial, voluminous video and photo evidence showed the violent acts of hundreds of rioters, including Kyle Fitzsimons. In a four-minute spree at the Capitol's Western Terrace entrance, Fitzsimons assaulted three individual officers who testified against him and brawled with others. After the melee, video captured Fitzsimons, his head bloodied, retreating through the crowd. He urged others to join the fight, introducing himself. Fitzsimons drove to Washington alone in his pickup truck, wore his white butcher coat with his name sewn on front. He attended the pro-Trump Stop the Steal rally, hoping to stop Congress from certifying Joe Biden's victory. And then he marched to the Capitol, carrying an unstrung wooden bow he would throw as a spear at officers. He was seen helping others get closer to the Capitol building, and he breached the grounds for 45 minutes, seen here from above at the arrow as he exited. Judge Rudolph Contreras said Mr. Fitzsimons may have only played a small part in the civil disorder that day, but he was an active participant. The judge finding Fitzsimons guilty of civil disorder, obstructing an official proceeding, and of assaulting officers, as well as entering disorderly conduct and physical violence on restricted grounds and disorderly conduct and physical violence inside the Capitol. Fitzsimons is now one of 18 January 6th defendants found guilty at trial. His sentencing is scheduled for next February. All right, Sandy Rios with you. That was a report from WMTW. And what you might not know is that Kyle uh, was the author of uh, a letter that I I read to you Uh, I think it was a year ago last Easter, a beautiful expression of his faith, of the sacrifice of the lamb, of his willingness to suffer, of his loss of his family. Uh, There are two sides to every story, and it's interesting that I think many Americans, in spite of the press and in spite of what happens in D.C., are beginning to wake up that what happened on January the 6th is not what they have been told. Certainly, I have spent countless hours talking to you about this. I don't think there's hardly anything. There are a few other issues, but there's hardly anything more that has taken and captured my heart and burdened me more than this situation. That's not a tribute to me. I'm just telling you, in the the pecking order of all the things I covered, this has to be right at the top. And so these guys and gals, not, not any girls anymore, are languishing in a gulag in the District of Columbia. And uh, 
there are people who are helping them in such effective ways. And I've been working with them for a very long time. I'm going to introduce you today to two of them and to present you with an opportunity to help them in a very real way. So will you stay tuned? I think you will because you're going to find this fascinating and heartbreaking. Uh, I want to introduce first Marie Goodwin. Marie is a longtime listener to this show. We'll get into that. I call her my French friend because you'll hear that she is French. Uh, she is the mother of a J6er known as Daniel Goodwin. Uh, she is the co-founder of the Telegram channel, J6 Patriot News. She's also a partner at Patriot Mail Project. Many, many, many of you have uh, heard me talk about this a lot. You've signed up. You've been writing to these guys. And thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. And it's going to mean more to you after you hear this interview. Uh, she also, Marie also maintains the J6ers lists and blogs and in their private group, they call her the group mom. Um, but, but what she did not include on her uh, resume here was that she is a very talented artist. She creates beautiful, beautiful renderings and has lent her talents to trying to help the J6ers many, many times. And with that, let me just say, Marie Goodwin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, uh, Sandy, for having us. I'm really appreciative of that. Uh. Ma- Marie, how long have you been listening? How long have we been friends over the year? (laughs) For many, many, many years, maybe 20 or more, I don't know, (laughs) since you started really on AFR. Yeah, Yeah, and we've had, and so before, you know, you would email and we would exchange ideas, and that was long before we ever, ever, ever dreamed uh, that J6 would happen. Uh, would happen. Um, Just briefly, because I'm curious, and I've never asked you this, what brought you here from from France. What brought you here? Oh, that was the love of my life, uh, Bruce Goodwin, <laughs> of course. Uh, yes, uh, I met my husband in uh, Paris, in my church. Uh, I, he was uh, coming, for, he was uh, in France for the summer uh, as a student. Uh, so he came to my church and I invited him to a Bible study that we had, and uh, that's how we met. Wow, and so yeah, the uh, yeah, it's it's a very cool story. So I wanted people to know. Now, Adam, I don't know if we can deal with that um, distortion. Maybe maybe you need to if Tim is on, maybe you need to mute him for a minute or something. I'm not sure what's causing that, but um, I want I, Marie, uh, Daniel. You and I've talked about Daniel. We've exchanged. Um, he's your sweet your sweet son. I've seen his picture. Handsome guy. Uh, but we uh, people need to know about Daniel, who he is, and what he was doing in D.C. on January the 6th. Yes, thank you uh, for asking. Uh, Daniel uh, works for StopHate.com. He does, uh, you know, recording of events, and he was uh, over there at January 6th at the Capitol because of his work. So he went in the Capitol for less than a minute. Uh, He was told to leave, so he left. Uh, but that's what he was doing. He was working uh, that day, uh, recording for the posterity what was happening on January 6th. So. So he was and a journalist. He the and he... on a very peaceful side, uh, not on the side where they were fighting. <clears throat> and so, so what happened after that? Because he, as I understand, he's been under house arrest for months and months and months and uh, has to go on trial. Explain that, please. Yes, yeah, so... Um, 
every time he travels around the country for his work and Texas is in uh, the direction uh, of his return. He was living in San Francisco at the time. He always stopped uh, uh, to to stay with us for a few days and then go back home. So um, he was uh, he was with us, and then the FBI uh, raided our, our house. So the FBI raids are pretty horrendous. I'm sure you've heard of many of them, but uh, they, for, for just a peaceful man, they come with several cars, several agents, uh, guns, and everything. Um, they put um, my daughter-in-law on her knees. Uh, to go out um, of the house, and my son as well, on their knees, uh, cuffed them. Uh, they cuffed uh, my son Daniel, of course, and my husband. And I was the only one, for some reason, that was not cuffed. Maybe they were afraid of me. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, Daniel, uh, so Daniel was arrested. He spent 20 days in jail, and then he was on home detention, uh, until March of this year, and unfortunately, his uh, lawyer, <coughs> Joe McBride, was able to get him out of uh, home detention, so he's allowed to go outside. But now, when he was in home detention, he cannot even go outside more than two minutes. He could run to take the trash out, for some, for example, but he had to come back right in, otherwise they would uh, come back to the house. So, and Marie, how, how long was he on home detention? So it was from uh, about a year, a little bit over a year. So and so and he's a yeah a young, vibrant, capable uh, journalist who's used to being out and about and uh, on the cutting edge of issues, and uh, he has to stay home. I know it was very hard on him, and very hard on your family financially in every way. And we'll get we'll get back to some of that, uh, but I want to introduce our next guest because. Um, Tim Rivers, Tim, I know Tim. Tim is the one, many people who listen to me will remember uh, that we did a, oh man, uh, Adam, maybe you'll have to mute Marie there, figure that technical out because we're getting this feedback. Uh, Tim Rivers, sorry, he was the person, I remember, that helped us connect with the guys in jail when we did those phenomenal interviews with them from the jail. And uh, Tim as I understand it, is a retired IBM executive. So the question has to be, Tim, how in the world did you get involved with the J6ers? <laughs> um, I like to say that it's a, it was a chain of events. You know, nothing happens without a precursor event. Um, and then, then usually that sparks a, a whole chain of, um, of probabilities, I want to say, because there, some of the things that happened were highly improbable. But it all started uh, really with me working. I was working with Defend Florida, uh, Canvas and Homes here in, in the Tampa Bay area for illegal voters. And we um, found a whole lot of them. And, and in the process of that, I was using Telegram. Uh, and I bumped into some people on Telegram who started, uh, who were really focused on the J6 event and what was happening to the patriots who were there. And um, it, it, you know how you talk about, you know, if you're, if you're near a tornado, you might get sucked in if you get too close. Well, <laughs> that's what happened. I, I, I got sucked in. Um, and, and it's been a whirlwind ride, to be frank. Um, I started doing what I, all the people we encouraged to do, which is write to these people. And I started getting letters back from some truly phenomenal human beings. Um, yes. I, I, you know, some, some people may hesitate, but I call them American heroes. Um, and those letters just sealed the deal for me. These were people 
um, who I could intimately relate to. I, I, most of my IBM career, I worked in uh, environments of the federal sector, working very closely with McDill Air Force Base, Special Forces individuals, um, even territorial governments. And so I have a huge respect for people who work in the federal sector and even more for those who serve our country selflessly in, in the military. And that's who I was talking to. And I'm not just talking to some guy who served four years. I'm talking about Green Berets with, with 20-year retired Green Berets who were free, formerly Rangers who served in some of the most vigorous holes you can think of in our nation's military history, never been arrested, never had any problems with the law, respected in some cases even working for government agencies after their retirement, and they threw these people in jail for basically standing up for the oath that they swore. And, um, and I just could not stand by and watch that. It became an obsession with me to not only help these people, but to spread the word about what was going on with them. And Marie, um, just what a savior to basically show me the way to get it done. And um, J6 Patriot News was born from that. And I think it's a very, um, a very effective loudspeaker. To, to let people who are not seeing past the mainstream media wall understand what's happening to American citizens and what could eventually happen to them if they say the wrong thing exactly. during the socialist panorama here. Tim, um, uh, l- listen, let's talk about, uh, while we can here, uh, what we're, we're here today to talk about something in specifically, and I want to drop it in before this break, and then we'll come back and talk about it. You guys have created a the, the American Gulag Chronicles, letters from prison. prison. Uh, tell people about it briefly and how they can get it before we take this break. Sure. The book is a compilation of letters over a year's time from prisoners in gulags across America who are in prison for J6. And they tell a story that every American in this country needs to understand and to read because it involves them and it involves the freedom. So the book is really a, a, a tale of, of glory and abuse, but it's also showing you how strong Americans can be. And you can find that book on our website at j6patriotnews.com, and we hope to uh, basically have it to press very shortly. j6patriotnews.com. Can they order it, pre-order it? You can. You can go and place a pre-order. You don't have to put any money down. Just give us your contact information when the book uh, goes into first print, you'll be some of the first people who will offer it a chance to buy it. All right, and we're going to talk more about it, but I want to make sure we got that in. And also, let me explain to all of you, besides being a great read, I've just blown, blown away this morning, just actually praying and weeping. I, I It's just amazing what they've done here. And, um, and the idea is that these families have suffered so much. These men and the women, too, who were in jail have lost everything. They've lost everything. Uh, and also the families, like Marie and her husband, they they don't complain about this, but can you imagine the financial burden of trying to pay for legal support? And so this is a way of helping them while getting something incredible back. So it's the American Gulag Chronicles. You can get it at j6patriotnews.com. That's j6patriotnews.com. You can pre-order it. And we'll be right back with Marie and Tim after this. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. I love the cooperation between the gifts that these men have. Ezra was a scribe. He knew the law. He knew what to say. Nehemiah was a leader, and God did a great work. Nehemiah had a vision. He prayed about it. 
He exerted leadership and motivated people. And then when the going got tough, he kept on going. Bert Harper and Alex McFarland, advancing through the scriptures weekday afternoons at 3 Central on American Family Radio's Exploring the Word. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Virginia State House Delegate Elizabeth Guzman is introducing a bill to have parents criminally prosecuted if they don't affirm their child as transgender. The bill seeks to redefine the terms abused or neglected child to include one whose parents inflicts, threatens to create or inflict, or allows to be created or inflicted upon such child a physical or mental injury on the basis of the child's gender, identity, or sexual orientation. Guzman attempted to pass this bill as HB 580 in 2020. Now she's back. Regressives want to pervert and destroy our children. Their efforts are relentless. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Did you know the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of all abortions? Preborn Ministry continues to stand with women in crisis in their darkest hour and bring hope and life. After Marissa took the abortion pill, she immediately regretted it, but Preborn was there for her. Look at that baby. Look how beautiful he is. Look at that. Abortion pill reversal actually works. Let's hear his heartbeat. Oh, look how strong it is. Praise God. By God's amazing grace, this baby was saved, but many more need our help. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. In the run-up to the 2020 elections, leading Democrats like Senators Amy Klobuchar, Mark Warner, and Ron Wyden warned in a documentary film called Kill Chain that U.S. electoral machines were designed to connect to the Internet and subject to manipulation. They were concerned Donald Trump would take advantage of such vulnerabilities to steal a victory over his opponent. Then, after Joe Biden curiously got more votes than even Barack Obama, Democratic partisans suddenly insisted there was no basis for challenging the outcome, and those who disagreed are dangerous election deniers. Call it the pivot. Now, with the looming prospect of massive midterm defeats, Democrats are pivoting again, warning of impending election irregularities and setting the stage for contesting the results. Republicans have mobilized to monitor the polls and hopefully ensure election integrity. How about making that a genuinely bipartisan undertaking? This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Sandy Rios with you. We have two special guests, and uh, I want to make sure we give this as much coverage as I possibly can. 
It's a brand new book. It's uh, actually in process of being printed. You have to pre-order it at j6patriotnews.com. It's called The American Gulag Chronicles, Letters from Prison. And I have read, read to you over the, the months here and the now years uh, several of these letters. But let me give you an example of, uh, of what's happening. Uh, Tim mentioned that many of them are veterans seasoned who have served their country never, ever having been arrested before. This is from William Crestman. I have not seen my wife or kids in over six months. This was written in September of 2021. I have not seen my wife or kids in over six months and have not been allowed to have any physical contact with them since the FBI and SWAT raided my home with tanks and flashbang grenades on February of the 11th in a pre-dawn raid. I've lost everything, literally. My wife and four daughters now live in four different homes since we lost our home of 18 years last month. Yet they fully support me and the rest of the patriots. I am blessed. Please spread the word about us here in D.C. Myself and most of the others are veterans. I and many others have zero violent charges. This is from Joseph Padilla. Dear Patriots, despite what you may have heard on the mainstream media, the Capitol riot was instigated by the Capitol Police and other law enforcement agencies. Two minutes before the police reported the first assault on them, they enraged the crowd with pepper spray and non-lethal munitions. As a veteran of the war in Iraq, my first instinct upon hearing screams and crying women and children covered in pepper spray and running away was to push to the front in their defense. While speaking to the cops, I was assaulted by the police. I was charged with assault for defending myself from the police. While violent left-wing protesters do worse things and get sweetheart plea deals and bond, I have been detained seven months without a bond. Now, that's September 18th of 2021. Here's another one. This is from James McGrew. James has written a long poem, and James is a veteran, and we have he's one who spoke to us from the jail. He's part of the a part of the, the Christian base there, I think many of them are really strong believers. And there's a real strong work of God, at least there has been. Perhaps the discouragement has caused that to wane, I don't know. But James has written a beautiful poem. I've been tried and tested, my colors run true. The blood coursing through my veins as red, white, and blue is red, white, and blue. From the sands of Iraq to the streets of D.C., shouting, Give me freedom, give me justice, give me liberty. Foreign and domestic was the oath I took, hand in hand, foot and foot, how the ground beneath us shook. Terrorist, extremist, jihadist, true scum of the earth. Uh, anyway, it, it goes on, it ends beautifully. He said, um, I am proud to say I have fought next to you. We the people will always hold true. The blood coursing through our veins is red, white, and blue. And one last one I want to read. This is Robert Morris. He said, I'm a good man. I've never been arrested before in my life. I served our country honorably by becoming an airborne ranger and deployed on three combat deployments while at 2nd Ranger Battalion. I painted a huge mural at the Petersburg Legion in Pennsylvania, a post-ISO to honor all of those brave men and women we have helped who paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom in each major war America has endured. I became a high school's history teacher just as our Father in Heaven told me to do during my first appointment in Afghanistan. So as a ranger, an artist, or a Penn State grad, as a teacher and now an inmate, I am still a good man. And I will remain so regardless if I am behind bars. My name has been slandered, my credibility ruined, and the media have made you believe that I'm crazy. I'm a terrorist, I'm a racist, I belong in jail, but this is not the case. All is not as it seems. 
please seek the truth, and then see yourself why someone like me was at the Capitol on January the 6th, because the truth will set you free. And that's a Robert Morrison. And that's just a few. I wanted to give you a taste of it. It's called the American Gulag Chronicles Letters from Prison. And you can get it at j6patriotnews.com. My guests are Marie Goodwin, whose son um, Daniel was under house arrest for over a year and was raided by the FBI, the family. He was only in the Capitol for five minutes, maybe two. I can't remember what exactly. But Marie, uh, can you give us an idea of how many uh Prisoners are in the D.C. gulag still, and what the circumstances are right now? Uh, well, I can give you the exact uh, number for that. Uh, actually, at the Patriot Mail Project, we have a list. We have two lists. One is a spreadsheet that you can print, and uh, you have the addresses to write to the people. And there's also a filterable list uh, where you can uh, uh, sort by uh different jails. So I can tell you now, I'm actually counting them, but... Uh, well, an approximate. Give us an approximate. Um, there are about, there are about uh, 25 in the D.C. Gulag. There are about 20 in the Northern Neck. And then uh, there are different jails uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, where we have several others, and several uh, across the country. Uh, so it's this less in the other jails, but those two are the main ones, the Northern Neck and uh, the D.C. Gulag. And so, uh, but our our list uh, shows all the different jails, so you can write to the people where they are. Patriot Mail, uh, let me me interject, PatriotMailProject.com, PatriotMailProject.com. I also want to interject if you would like to sponsor a J6 family for Christmas, that's another thing. I'm giving you three pieces of information. I hope you've gotten a pen so you can write this down. You can sponsor a J6 family for Christmas. There are children and wives uh, who are struggling, and their husbands are struggling in these jails, uh, because, and they can't do anything to help their families. So if you would like to help them, go to patriotmailproject.com slash Project. PatriotMailProject.com slash Christmas Project. Marie, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, that's okay. Um, you know, these uh, people who are in jail now, and we are adding people almost every week uh, that are being incarcerated uh, after their sentencing. Uh, someday they're going to get out of jail, and it will be hard for them. And really... Uh, because, you know, it's hard to find a job when you have been in jail. So our book uh, really is a way for us uh, to provide the awareness that people need to have in this country because most of the people do not know that people are in jail. So it's very important that they know. And the second part is that this book, uh, 100% of the proceeds will go to fund legal fees um, because uh, most of the people who have uh, who are in jail right now uh, do not have the means to pay a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars for a legal uh, representation. So our goal is to uh, help them with their legal fees, and every every um, penny we get uh, will go to that. 
Marie, I, I, I think, I think there, look, this is my count, and what do I know? But you do know. There have there been, uh, I believe, three suicides uh, from people who have been uh, not necessarily in the D.C. gulag I'm talking about around the country who've gone through this. Uh, is, that, is that a correct number? Yeah, I think it's a, a little bit more than that. But uh, the most uh, known case is uh, uh, Mr. Perona, Matthew Perona. Yes. He mm-hmm. was uh, being abused uh, by uh, the uh, prosecutors that were trying to get more and more charges because it's not just like you get a charge and then you get arrested and something happens. No, every time they talk to you, they try to add some charges. So, for example, my son uh, had some misdemeanors when he was arrested, and three weeks later, they added a felony charge uh, uh, that will uh, cause him uh, to be um, possibly 20 years in prison. Of course, I don't think they will give 20 years, but, you know, it's uh, the maximum sentence for the felony charge that they added to him. So they were doing the same thing with Matthew Perna. They were adding charges, uh, and especially they say if you don't take a plea deal, and this is legal, by the way, uh, we'll have some more charges. So he couldn't take it anymore, and he killed himself, huh? Yes, so, and Matt, uh, I did an interview yeah. with his with his mom. We should actually post that again, Adam. Let's post that uh, his Jerry Perna, which you, thanks to your help, Marie, and it was just very moving. Uh, and he's just one of others. And of course, there are other injuries: the discouragement, the desperation, the loss of everything. It just is so unjust. And I, but I would say this to both you and Tim. And Tim, let's bring you back on here. I, uh, I don't know if you saw the MSNBC interview with that female reporter who had a panel of uh, tr- in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a panel of Trump supporters, and she asked them, uh, you know, as she would ask them about how horrible J6 was, and Doug Mastriano, who's running for governor there, was there on that day. Should he really be allowed to be governor? And they proceeded in concert brilliantly to school this reporter on stuff she had no knowledge of, which is the stuff that you, you and I know and we've been talking about. It was pretty amazing. Did you see that, Tim? Yes, I did. And uh, all I have to say about MSDNC is be careful what you ask for. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, and the thing, the thing of it is, Tim, it just seems like uh, we're trying to get awareness out there, but it seems like it's getting down further and further. It's getting harder for them to deny that J- J6 went down the way they said. I want to talk to you about the book because um, I read your, you know, the uh, forward and the the notes in front, and they they're they're so beautifully written. They're so beautifully written. I wish I had time to read them. Can you give us an insight into who's responsible for that part? Well, that's me. Um, I, I I would like to say you know that I, that I'm a um, talented author, but that's not the truth. I'm a I'm a, a person who keeps trying to write books and doesn't seem to succeed to get them good on the market. But I do have. Away with words, and I enjoy writing a lot. But yes, this you was do. something that just came right out of my heart. I, I did not wordsmith this. This was just, this is how it came out. Um, and I tell you, if anybody starts writing to these people and engaging in a two way conversation and hearing the truth in their hands, in their words, you will be changed. And that's why we put this book out there because we, yeah, I don't know. This is a catalyst. This is like uh, that that chimerical element that you add that creates something unique that's never been seen before. We have not seen this type of abuse of American citizens in this country in my lifetime. 
And this is something America needs to wake up to. And I can use words, but guess what? Their words are so much more powerful than mine. I simply serve as an intro to hear their truth, which is sometimes very hard to hear. Um, if you're an American and you love your country and you believe in faith, you will read these letters and they will break your heart. And I hope they will also set it on fire. Oh, so that yes. You will do something that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm with you, Tim. Uh, so let me just say, if, if you all are listening and you have a piece of paper, I'm going to give you this information again, okay? So here, I'm going to give you three different three different things. Uh, this book is called The American Gulag Chronicles, Letters from Prison. The American Gulag Chronicles, Letters from Prison. Prison. And you know from me reading some of these this morning and others prior to this interview that they are powerful and moving. And so many of these guys are committed believers in Christ and their worship and their words, uh, it's just its just stunning. It, it helped us. Uh, it made Easter incredible a year ago last Easter, I have to say, reading what they had written. And so uh, also, if you would like, uh, if so, if you'd like this book, uh, you need to go to uh, j6patriotnews.com, j6patriotnews.com. And, you know, you can pay more than they ask. I'm giving you permission to do that. If I were you, I'd be generous. I, I would be. I would. I would just be generous. But I'm sure if you can't afford very much, they'll they make accommodations. I don't know. We'll see. But it's j6patriotnews.com. 100% goes to help these families and to help these people who need so desperately support and encouragement. And if you'd like to sponsor a J6 family for Christmas, go to patriotmailproject.com/slash Christmas Project. PatriotMailProject.com slash Christmas Project. And um, I think that my husband and I will be doing that. I bet you can take that to the bank. Uh, But we want to help them in any way we can. And I have a feeling this is not going to be our last conversation about this book, Marie and Tim, uh, because I think we need to have more conversation about it. But at least we've gotten the word out uh, that it's the American Gulag Chronicles letter from prison. A last word from you, Marie. Just a last word, a short one. Well, just uh, support uh, these families. They really need uh, to be supported and spread the word because most of the people do not know about them. Thank yeah, you so Tim. much for having us. Yeah, oh, my pleasure. Tim, just 10 seconds from you. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Wow. All right. <laughs> You have your marching orders, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.